everyone. Welcome to the X Factor Files podcast. I'm Daryl. And I'm Philip. We are here to discuss the end of this trilogy of issues. Yes, in the last episode I said the third triptych, and really I meant the third panel of the triptych. Oh, yeah. Because on the cover we get some siren. There's no E's. No, that's disappointing. But it's an action shot as if she weren't going E. Yes. And a very determined-looking Jamie Madrox. And a nefarious-looking eldest trip. Yeah. In the background, the fake Merlin and, of before. And, like, the tail of that dragon thing that's going on. Yeah. I still don't know what's happening with that dragon thing. Me neither. Um, but this is exciting. And there's so much that comes out in this issue about everything that's gone into this entire title. Yes. And it comes in various different ways, like from the story, the letters, page, everything. All the little flashbacks that they've had all sort of pay off now. Yeah. But first, the pop culture pop-up for December of 2006. This one was a hard one for me to research. Oh. Because I didn't want... I try to avoid going to the standard, like, best movie or, like, top grossing movie of the month. And things like that, because I know other podcasts do it, and they do it so much better. So I search for the random shit. (laughs) And um, there's not a whole lot of randomness happening at the end of 2006. It sounded like there was a lot of hegemonies happening, with, like, ABC as the powerhouse between either Grey's Anatomy or Desperate Housewives, and we can't really... I feel like we've said all that we have to say about those two. Yeah, like, there's only so much we can talk about without becoming a Desperate Housewives podcast. It's true. Which, I mean, maybe the time has passed for that, or it's to come in a couple years. Time will tell. Time will tell. Like, I think if someone were going to do a podcast about Desperate Housewives, it would have happened in the infancy of podcasts when the show was still on. Like... Did it overlap with podcast? I guess uh, yes. it did. Yeah, it did. Um, oh. Or it's going to come up when Desperate Housewives turns 20 in two years. <laughs> Why would you say that out loud? <laughs> um, oh. Yeah. So I feel we're in that weird spot where we've talked about it before where like the nostalgia for Titanic was not oh. when the series was coming out. Titanic nostalgia happened just starting a few years ago. Yeah, that 20-year uh, mark. Yeah, I think it's that two-decade mark, which is typically how they separate out generations and things like that. Oh. And you can start looking at things with through a historical lens after 20 years. Mm. Anytime before that, it's too recent to have perspective on it. Oh. So I think 20 years is when nostalgia kicks in, and we can actually look at things and... Analyze them in a different way. Yeah. So, going on the music charts, Beyonce's Irreplaceable, to the left, to the left, was on top of the charts. Cool. You, you don't know the song either? No. Oh, no. Like I said, Sheltered, me and pop culture are two ships passing in the night. Nicole Richie, you know her. Yes. From The Simple Life. Well, yes. Yeah. She was arrested for DUI. Oh. And I think this was, like, one of her really hot mug shots. Oh. But also be safe out there, people. Yeah. Like, definitely 
don't ever drink and drive. If you're being arrested for a petty crime that's not that, that doesn't harm someone, maybe it's like smoking weed in public, where it's not decriminalized. Yeah. Or or something like that. Where it's not a threat to public safety. Yes. Like, make sure you have a really hot mugshot when you're doing that. And Britney Spears' largest fan site was shut down after its operator, a former fan, decided that Britney was too trashy to idolize. What? Yes. Like, what shade? Like, and I'm sure this is one of those websites that is around since, like, 98 or something. Like, her entire career is probably a Geocity site. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe you had to search for it on Lycos. And, um... Or maybe Ask Jeeves, like, Britney Spears... Dogpile. Like, like Ask Jeeves, what is Britney Spears' largest fan site? Remember when you'd have to pose questions to it? Like, it fucking mattered. (laughs) Like, Ask Jeeves, and you're like, I guess I have to frame it as a question. Um, Jeeves, what is Britney Spears' largest fan site? And it'd be like, this one. And the, the person shut it down, and it's like, Britney's too trashy now. Like, Britney was... She had just gone through, I think, her divorce from Kevin Federline. And, Is this before her conservatorship? Yes. And she had just given birth to her second child after the divorce. Oh. And still, they're like, no, too trashy. To be fair, Homegirl was driving around with, like, a baby in her lap. Oh. So, questionable decisions on Ms. Spears's part. But still, like, that that seems like a bellwether. Sort of like, oh, your career has turned a corner, and your one of your biggest fans is like, no, thank you. The, yeah, that it, was like a not great time to be one of those like done up celebrities, where like, yeah, the industry is forming around you and dictating everything in your life. Yeah, like, ugh, that that's rough. Yeah, so that that was the only news that I could really come up with. Yeah. Um, I'm really glad that Brittany is back and out of her conservatorship. She's pregnant again. Oh, good for her. She's, uh, I, did she get married or are they just engaged? I'm not sure, but she has like a stable relationship that seems real healthy. Good. Um, because I feel it started when she was still in her conservatorship. So I feel her dad would have like yanked the cord on that relationship if it was bad news bears. Or if he just wanted to, he could. Yes. So, I feel that this might be a good relationship. She seems really happy and healthy and is really standing up for herself, which is great to see. And dear listener, that's all we ever want for for people, is to be happy. Yeah. And doing what they want to do. Yes. Being how they want to be. Yeah. And, I mean, good for her, having a baby, being happy. Yeah. Britney Spears, the success story of the past year. We haven't had many of them, but... It's true. I feel Brit Brit, she's back in the saddle. And even if she feels like never performing again, good for her. She doesn't owe us anything. Right. Also, hopefully success story of the year will be our pollinator area. Oh yeah, we did some gardening. and Dear listener, if I can give any advice, it is to... Apply the proper layers of protection in the proper sequence. Um, so, for instance, before you get your hands all muddy, maybe layer on your lotions. 
your sunscreen. Yeah. And then apply your sprays, like your bug spray. Yeah. And then get your hands dirty. I, I was painting myself with mud as I was trying to apply sunscreen because our helpful cloud cover had dissipated. And I just had, like, a nice layer of mud all over my shoulders. Yeah. Uh, my pro tip is wear closed-toed shoes when you're raking. Um, because I was raking up some stuff into our burning pit. And the rake sort of skipped over. And since I was wearing sandals, one of the tines went in between one of my toenails and my toe. And it started bleeding immediately. So now I'm hobbling around and I'm recording this. Well, my foot is elevated after a nice soak before I wrap it all up. So, uh, not a pleasant feeling. Um, So we have some good pro tips there for you. Yes. And support your pollinators. Yes, absolutely. They need food. And we need them. Darn tootin' we do. So, issue 12. We have the recap. You want to take it away? Yeah. It's a bullet list. Things you should know. Bullet point version. X-Factor has discovered Singularity Investigations is developing a virus that will kill all the former mutants, which is a slight edit from the previous issue where it was all mutants. Yes. A modern-day version of the legacy virus. Next point. This was brought to their attention by SI scientist Henry Buchanan, now deceased because he was killed by a brainwashed Guido. Dot, dot, dot. Currently unconscious back at headquarters courtesy of Quicksilver. So sketchy. Madrox, Monet, Richter, Rain, and Siren have penetrated SI headquarters no. by calling in a bomb scare and having the building evacuated. I mean, different from Madrox penetrating no. two of his teammates just a few issues ago. Which he did. Or didn't and did other good things. Who knows? Yeah. There are other ways to have good sex. Uh, they do not know that Alex Buchanan, comma, Henry's wife, comma, has been kidnapped by Mr. Tripp Jr., dot, 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 the same Mr. Tripp who was responsible for Siren's beating, which they also don't know. Tripp Jr. is not to be confused with Tripp Sr., who, so, Soul Patch versus Goatee, who may, many years ago, who, many years ago, was responsible for the supposed freak tornado that killed Jamie's parents. Yeah. A recollection that Tripp Sr. blanked out of the young Madrox's memory. Next point. While in SI headquarters, Madrox, Rain, and Monet find themselves face-to-face with the future version of Mr. Trip, who informs them that they are on the wrong side of this battle. Final point. Peter's three-year-old daughter, Caroline, seems to be over the hump in potty training, although Peter now has to sing the Happy Pee song every time she goes to toilet. <laughs> He's hoping this will end by the time she starts high school. I love those asides. So fun. I love a good running gag. Yes. And we don't... We get a version of an origin story. We get the origin story of this fake Merlin, the eldest trip, with his long-ass beard. Yeah, it's sometime in the future? Yeah, and... It, just says, year, like, it says years from now. Yes. Humans seem to be living in sewers. They're being hunted. Like, there were some people huddled over a napkin full of brown-looking food. Question mark? And then they get electrocuted and murdered by two people making their way through. And they just sort of penetrate down through this bunker. Although, I mean, all the while, the eldest trip with his long-ass beard has been 
providing mm-hmm. exposition. Yes. That mutants now greatly outnumber humans. The tide has turned in terms of the power structure and who gets to attack whom. Normal people just die. In my day, however, days to come, many years from now, or in the old days, the powerless normal people cried witch and burned or hanged those who displayed such abilities. And then the mutants started outnumbering the humans who started dying off, and things got crazy. And mutants became insane, drunk with power, glorying in their multitudes. Like, there's a lot of... Yeah, and... So my question, what future is this? This doesn't seem like the 616. This is some other timeline, I feel. It's a different multiverse situation? It has to be. Like, maybe, or is this so far in the future, but then we have the Days of Future Past? Like, the... Oh, where the Sentinels have basically gotten... Yeah, like, this has to be another one, I feel. Yeah. Because we got this... Long-ass beard trip in a beam of light as he's being studied. Um, Because his natural abilities being tied to the natural forces of the Earth linked him to the planet's very essence, and I began to exist at all points in my own lifetime. Lifeline. A true multiple man, if you will. My present and past forms are solid enough since time has caught up with them. I am more elusive, since the future remains mutable. He's so old. He is so old. Like, he was born in the 1300s. And this is Uh, undisclosed years from now. Yes. But these shadow people who killed the humans humans in the bunker subway... Alleyway with their beige food. Situation. Yeah. And now, one of them is spewing fire and killing his whole team of scientists. Um, because he had this little group of humans, there must have been some sort of, like, cult worship thing happening. Um, he had a small band of supporters that supported him, helped him survive, which has now shrunk to non-existence as they are being consumed by the fire from one Mm. of these shadowy people. And they were studying him. There's this whole quantum mechanics. I feel like this is just comic speak for... Vague sciencey things to make this plotline work. Oh, yeah. Whenever they talk about quantum mechanics, it's like, oh, no, that's some sort of storytelling buzzword. Yeah. And so he's he keeps going on. Some people despise puzzles. I am one of these puzzles. The spirit of Alexander, who just cut the cord instead of working out the knot, lives on in these people that are just like incinerating everything around him. Hmm. And now these shadowy people think that they've killed Trip the Eldest in this version of the future. But he says, I'm trapped between states of existence. I'm neither here nor there. And the reason for this is because there are mutants, lots of them. And the reason there are lots of mutants is you. And one of these shadowy people who killed all the people is reporting in in their X-Factor Unit 27. So X-Factor exists in the future. Yeah. In some capacity. With multiple teams heading out. Yeah. There's a lot happening in this exposition. 
this trip the eldest origin story but it's not quite an origin story it's just a story yeah how he came to be there so now we flash back to real time and he's like i know this was a lot to process and smart ass jamie's like it was it's hard when all that bullshit is being shoveled yeah. on you so and this fake merlin seems to be more patient it's a yeah it's a very vastly different personality than the pre- other two trips yes and he, like he's just trying to inform them and it's building up to something right like instead of just assassinating everyone in x factor he's going for more of a persuasion like the future where they were killing off the members like siren doing the direct assault on si doesn't seem to be panning out so this eldest chip seems to have pivoted to a campaign of persuasion instead of force yeah which is interesting rain is having none of it though no she is not she instantly transforms to a wolf and she is prepared to deal with him. And despite Madrox saying, hold up, like, calm down, we don't yeah. know what's happening. And she's like, he's here, he's physical, I can sense him. He did this to Guido, therefore, I'm going to kick his ass. Yeah. And instead, Eldest Trip, like, there's a blood splurt on yeah. as he reaches into Rain's head. And another one of these, like, telepathic assaults happens. Yeah. And I'm like, but that's not his power set. No. And it, I was really surprised at, like, the blood coming out of her head when he makes contact. Right, because it looks like it's just, like, a Vulcan mi- mind meld exactly. situation. Um, and as she's being thrown across the room, she's back in human form and there's not a scratch on her. Yeah. So... Well, I mean, there is blood flying. Oh. So... Uh, I just thought it was a very dirty office. No, there, there's splatter. Oh. So, yeah. It must be something related to the mystic arts. Like, in his exposition, he was saying that he had studied the dark arts, and he became sort of immortal, and he isn't really happy with his immortality. Yeah. That humans actually did get that phrase correct, like, be careful what you wish for. Yes. So, uh, Jamie gets tossed, a dupe is spawned. And this dupe wants nothing to do with it. No, he runs. Like, holy jeez, the stuff he's saying, I can't take it, keep him away. This gutless, as Madrox Prime calls him, dupe, (laughs) runs out the door. Yeah. You calm down, I need to get out of here. And he's gone. Um, before we flip the page, there is an ad for Ultimate Alliance. Yeah, Fall 2006 had Ultimate Alliance come out. It had Gears of War, which we discovered in one of these paper, like, physical yeah. copies. In addition to David Beckham being super popular. Well, yeah. I mean, that's evergreen. Yes. And Heroes was happening. There's a double-page ad for Heroes. Yeah, so, with like, the season one cast. Yeah, I forgot really how big it was. Like, I had college friends, I think we touched on this before, who were super into it, and I saw a couple episodes, and I'm like, no. I enjoyed it. I did not like the reboot. Oh, they did a reboot? Oh, yeah, but we'll talk about that. It doesn't have Hayden Panettiere in it, though, right? I don't think so. Save the cheerleader, save the world. And it doesn't have the 
Milo. Oh, well, he's busy with This Is Us. Which apparently makes everyone cry all the time. Yeah, so that's the thing. If you tell me I need to watch something because it made you cry, I'm not going to watch it. I have not seen Up yet. Because people are like, oh, well, once you get past the first 15 minutes that fucking destroyed me, (laughs) it's a really good movie. It's super good, but, like, the first 15 minutes, like, you're gonna cry so much your balls will ache. And I'm like, I don't want that. Like, no. No, absolutely not. And that's why I really value some of my Disney classics, but I won't watch them again. Fox and the Hound? No. Oh. Like, they can't be friends anymore because of societal norms, and I am not okay with that. When you're the best of friends. It's the song. And it makes me cry every time. So I'm not going to sing anymore. Because it'll make me bawl. Todd and Cooper just want to be friends. Copper. 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 I think. I watched it a long, long time ago. I have it on VHS. We can pop it in and I need a good cry. We need a good cry. We'll just watch the Mr. Rogers documentary. Oh, yeah. Well, we both ugly cried at the end of that. Yeah, we did. He wants us to be the best people that we can. He does. Like, it was a good ugly cry. Yeah. I will say that. Yes. Anyway. I, I still haven't seen that Tom Hanks. I don't need, like, a dramatization of Mr. Rogers when you can just watch a really good documentary. Right? Or even just those evergreen clips of him testifying in front of a Senate committee to get the Corporation for Public Broadcasting to become a thing. Yeah. And him just being so calm and quiet and persuasive and amazing. Yeah. And it works. Yeah. Also works. Layla Miller. Oh, she is letting her fingers do the walking. She is back at HQ getting shit done. Yeah, she is. And it's... It's... I don't know if this is a callback to 9 to 5, which is an excellent movie. That I will say everyone should watch. I haven't seen it. I have the DVD, like, right over there. Oh. We should work on that when we... As we continue our Myrna Loy collection. Yes. If I hopefully I don't fall asleep, but I won't fall asleep during nine to five. Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, Dolly Parton, w- like I would say, what a trio! But Dolly Parton is a part of trio. a group called Trio yes. with Linda Ronstadt and Emmy Lou Harris, and they are also quite amazing. Yes. Anyway, Layla Miller. She's we're, we're seeing her call different places up. There's line one. There's line two. She's putting in an order for a pizza, and yes, she'll hold. And. Humming to herself? There's a lot happening. I don't know what the song is. Me neither. There's some woman getting under someone's skin. Ba-dum, ba-dum. Yes. But not like Nick. Ba-dum, ba-dum. Or Bun-Bun. As he romps, he makes little ba-dum, ba-dum sounds. Hop, 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 hop. And she's calling the hardware store. And, but, she... and calling in, like, a favor. But not without a price. Yes. She needs some bolt cutters, like, now. And... She, in exchange for the bolt cutter, she has to give the um, result of a horse race yes. for betting. It is 40 to 1 odds on good to go to win the second race. Now when can? Oh, 10 minutes? Outstanding. Bye. <laughs> so she's ordering pizzas and some bolt cutters. Yes. All 30 minutes, like, seems to be the... Like, time requisite? Like, the... It's Domino's Pizza. Are you going to deliver in 30 minutes or less? Yes. Oh, you still have that going? Great. I'll order from you. Outstanding is now her new catchphrase, and yes. I'm here for it. 
And it's so good. And we go back to Singularity's headquarters, and there's a big wind. There's a woman doing the Marilyn Monroe trying to hold her dress down in the middle of these, like, gale force winds. Yeah. And... The guy's just trying to do his job. Yes. Just trying to get people away from the building that is potentially unsafe. Yeah. And Mr. Tripp has disappeared. Yep. And he had used the wind as a distraction. So now Trip the goatee and Trip the soul patch are entering the building and sort of giving away their evil plans. Like, they're conversing about how they have Alex Buchanan, the hostage, got some leverage... And they're like, we're done playing nice. We're just going to get rid of X-Factor. Yeah. Absolutely. And back in the re- Team Recon, Team Richter and Siren, a.k.a. Shriek and Mimi. Screaming Mimi. There we yes. go. And Richter's working the cameras. Um, he's going through some of the computers that they found. He's recognizing former mutants who were being tested on. And he's trying to just get a hold of Siren, and she's got a... She is serving a look in this panel. Yeah, she's very surprised at whatever room she's in. And she's reporting back on their weapons cache. They're rather well-armed. How well-armed? Pretty darned. Yes. There are so many guns around her. And we keep calling out these ads. We do, because we turn the page, and then there it is. X3 is coming out on Collector's Edition DVD. It comes with a never-before-released X-Men comic book by Stan Lee. Do you think it's any good? I don't know. I bet it's not. I mean, X3 wasn't very good. I mean, when they make these as, like, a promotional thing, I feel like they're not as good as... Regular comics. Right. Yeah. But if you've team. read this exclusive comic, please let us know if it's any good or not. Yeah, and it's got the whole cast of characters back there. It's got... Angel. B, like, Kelsey Grammer Beast, it looks like. Yep. Colossus, Professor X, Halle, Bally, Halle Berry Storm, with, like, the more pixie mm-hmm. cut rather than the... Long. Long Emma Frost from the TV movie Generation X. Yes. That was a long... Oh, bad wig. Ben Foster as Angel, James Marden, Marsden. Oh, he's so... Uh, he shows up as the eventual husband of Liz Lemon in 30 Rock. Oh, good for him. And they call him, like, a sweet little elfin prince and things like that. <laughs> and he still looks the same. He's in the Paul Rudd category of people who have looked the same for decades. Yeah. Uh, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Famke Jansen as the Phoenix. Yes. And people I can't see in the background. Oh, yeah. They're really far away. And nondescript. Yeah, where's that Colossus? I think that's him over here. Oh. Hunk. Yes. Ian McKellen, Magneto, some dude as Juggernaut. And... And Rebecca Romaine as Misty. She was Rebecca Romaine Stamos. She's still married to John Stamos. I didn't know she was married... What? Because I know that she's married to Jerry O'Connell now. No, her ex-husband is John fucking Stamos. What? Yeah. They were married for years. What happened? I don't know. Like, how do you break up with Uncle Jesse? I mean, she's good for her. Like, she hit a bumper crop of husbands. Dear listener, if in case you have not already known, Rebecca Romaine is 
incomparable as number one. On Star Trek Strange New Worlds, if you haven't seen it, watch it. It's probably, for me, the best of New Trek that's serious. The best comedic is obviously Lower Decks the cartoon. I really like it. With Rebecca Romaine's husband, Jerry O'Connell. As the first officer in that series. (laughs) It's true. They are a first officer couple. Yes, first officer power couple. And it's, it's, uh, she's so good, especially in the third episode. It highly recommend. Yes. As much as we just got done saying we hate it when people are like, you need to watch this. Yeah. We're saying you need to watch this. So good. So here we go. We are continuing on with our story. Um, Monet is going over to check on Rain to make sure she's okay. Chip, the eldest with the long ass beard, is still going on. Like... Rain's in shock, she'll recover. Her humanity, however, will not if you persist on your course to safeguard the former mutants. And Monet's like, what are you talking about? And he just goes off. He gets five interconnected text bubbles. Yeah. There's a lot. There's so much monologuing happening. Um, And that this guy learned that X-Factor is behind all this. That... X-Factor, not the X-Men, were responsible for repowering the mutants, which is a nice, like, plot seed that is planted now. Yeah. That's... Like, is it gonna happen? How's it gonna happen? And that it's gonna be this sort of ragtag group of detective investigators that's going to somehow do something that the X-Men cannot or will not. Yeah. Which is highly intriguing. So. No more mutants, try no more humans. And so instead of just talking at them, evil fake Merlin is going to co-opt Monet's telepathic abilities, which is a thing. Yep. He doesn't even need to be in physical contact, like whatever it was that he had done to Rain. It's all this blue lightning. Like Emperor Palpatine lightning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's got that blue shade to it. And we transition over to Madrox's voiceover text squares and he gets these visions like this is the dystopian future that eldest trip came from it doesn't look great trip the eldest trip the light fantastic maybe well that's not the that is not a direct quote that is just me and yeah we get this image of the awful future where there are so many mutants and it creates a power vacuum, and we get this scene of these mutants just tearing up New York City. Yeah. Like, it's death, it's destruction. And they're not even going to this revival of Phantom that's advertised on this <laughs> billboard. No, there's, like... And it's even, flaming. like, the, the tagline, remember your first time. Oh. Which is, I feel, on all the ads for Phantom. I've never seen Phantom. I've only seen I'm the not, movie. I'm not really an Andrew Lloyd Webber musical person did he do into the woods no that was Stephen sondheim oh i think i'm more sondheim i mean i haven't seen into the woods but i just (laughs) feel more of a like a spiritual connection with Stephen sondheim i mean it's a lot of plot lines that disney has done movies of oh so i feel like you would like it okay and bernadette peters or meryl streep is in it as like a hag or a crone or something right Yes, in the movie with James Corden. There's oh. also I oh think, James a, Corden. 
Yes. Oh. There's also a movie from way back when. What is he doing? Is he a cat in it? <laughs> he is a baker. Is he in it a lot? Yes. Fuck. Can't see that movie. <laughs> but it's okay because there's one with Bernadette Peters and people I don't know who I think is oh. a more... Like, yes. To the Broadway version rather than like uh, a whole done up movie about and it. And I will buy into a Bernadette Peters movie. Yeah. Like, what a gay icon. It's not... It's similar. There's like a narrator that actually kind of goes along these plot lines. Not too dissimilar from Candide. Oh. Which is Leonard Bernstein. Oh. Interesting. Back to the story. Back to the story. So Monet shouts Eldest Trip out of her head. And the connection is broken. The vision stops. And... Monet's having a moment of like... Madrox is like, this shit's made up. And she's like, I don't think it is it's real or he believes it's real yes it's one of those things where like in real of time when someone does the oath to not tell a lie like if that's what they believe is the truth they can say that then yeah and madrox is like i'm i don't accept that like we just roll over let people die no way yeah good for him so he may stink at decisions but he does not stink at this one. He's not letting people die. And Eldest Trip is like throwing out an ultimatum like, oh, the deaths are going to start and they're going to start with Alex Buchanan right about now. But it's not true. It's true. We get a cutaway to a van in traffic and on our trip to New York, we know that traffic in the city can be awful. Yeah. Lots of honking. I'm surprised there are not honk honks in the same font as Sirens Ease <laughs> in the background of these scenes. But... The driver and his accomplice are like, so what's going on? What's the holdup? Apparently four pizza delivery trucks collided in the same intersection. Good thing our passenger's not going anywhere. Har har. Yeah. And all of Layla's hard work is paying off on this page. And I love it so much. She's so good. She really is. Like, she orchestrated this thing. She got the bolt cutters even. Yeah. Although she did leave them in the van. I'm like... You could use those for something else. Exactly. As we learned in Kim's Convenience, those things are like 40 bucks. <laughs> well, 40 bucks Canadian. And... Richter and Siren are on the move inside. They're like, alright, security's coming. Like, they're gonna hit our floor pretty soon. We got what we needed. We have the data. And she's hit by a dart. In the neck. Again. Yes. And it, the she trip... even says, not again. And the trips are like, ha 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 can't do anything because you can't scream and poor richter is just getting his hands zip tied behind him saying lego yeah and they're just making fun of and him and they're like oh yeah that's gonna work no one has ever fallen for the yeah. lego it's not a lot it's not a frozen waffle exactly and um Cybern's having some trouble speaking, and he's like, what do you say? I can't quite hear you. But he reveals that it was him who beat her. Like, that she didn't pay attention the first time that he had done this to her. And she's just making little... Yeah. Like the sound of the vacuum when you're at the dentist. And he gets close enough, and she's like, Kevlar collar. She... You slime bag. You think I wasn't prepared this time? And she... Shrees at him. It's a shree. It is a shree. And uh, he gets tossed, and then... Uh, but then Rick- Richter gets tossed. Yes. 
into her. Most people are getting tossed, and they um, run, they're making a run for it. And they meet the infiltration team, yes. who informs them that there's this hostage situation. They're standing down, and Richard's like, "But we have all the proof right there." And the trips are like, "If you leave with that, we will see you into the ground, basically." Yes. We will fucking ruin you. And so Team X-Factor is headed towards the door. Yeah, they ditched the info. They didn't get the information they needed. It was, I mean, good for Siren for A, figuring out who had beaten her so badly. And also for getting the chance to just shree in his face. Yes. Like he deserved. Um, We find that dupe that ran... Yeah, the trips are talking to themselves about how did they find out about the hostage situation. Oh, I guess it must have been the eldest version of ourselves. Yep. And they go to check on the guns and they find this dupe. And it's definitely a different font. It is. It's a different speaking font, so it's fun when VC's Corey Pettit is sort of weaving that through. Yes. I had a hard time telling it with the the Hugh Hefner version of Duplicate. I didn't even notice it there. Right? Yeah. But But this this is one. Yeah. Yes. And this one, this dupe is, doesn't, isn't giving off the same vibes as before. And this is going to answer a question that we had way back when, when we started this podcast. So, Jamie called me gutless. And the trips are like, oh, did he? I can't imagine why. And the dupe was like, I can, because I fooled him. I do that. Mess with him, probably because I'm pretty messed up myself. Because I remember you, you being trips. Mm. And this is the duplicate that somehow retained the memory of Trip Senior's visit to Madrox's parents. Yep. Right before the tornado. And it's... He found the memory... And it made him who he is, who this duplicate is. And the trip's like, oh, and who would that be? The part of Jamie that compels him to do the unexpected on the fly in the ointment. And at this point, like, it's a page turn like, oh, no way. No way. This is from issue one. It is. It's the dupe that pushed Victor off the building. The spanner in the works. I'm the unpredictable. I'm the X-Fact. And then he pushes a detonator because... He has strapped tons of dynamite to himself. Yes, he took all the armaments that SI had been collecting. And there's a huge explosion in the building, so the bomb threat was real. Yes. It just wasn't how anyone expected it to be. And uh, Madrox Prime absorbs the memories, like they come flying back to him. Yeah. Which I I didn't know was a thing. I think it was referenced early on that Mm. when one of them died... Like, it was an unpleasant... It's an awful experience when it all sort of rubber bands back into yeah. him. But it does. Although it doesn't seem to do that in X-Corp. No. But it does here where it matters. Yes, he is, like, tossed out a window. I think they're tossed by the explosion. Yes. And uh, Monet has everyone. Monet... Well, well she, she has she, Rain yeah. and Madrox. Siren has Richter. And she's eeing. I love that. Eee! It's a very Xena thing. Oh yeah. Do you think? Do you imagine it like the Xena call? I don't know. I also have that coming 
in the mail from Amazon. Xena Complete Series. Have you seen it before? I've seen random episodes. It used to be on when I get home from work a few oh. years ago. And it'd be on one of the local stations and like I could tune in and watch an episode of Xena. And they're always super entertaining. Yeah, we used to only watch Hercules because I don't think my mm. parents liked the hypersexualized part of it. Oh. Hashtag sheltered. And, it had, but this one of them has a young Carl Urban as Cupid. And Yes, I've seen that episode. We're here for that episode. Yes. Um, so Xena, yes please. And, um, and I refuse to watch Hercules because Kevin Sorbo, even though he's a fellow Minnesotan, like... We're officially revoking that status. Yeah. No, thank you. Um, you are not in the same company as Prince. So, and as Madrox is dangling there, he's having the moment of, like, trip. He was there. He killed my parents. He made me forget. And... And his, my dupe was relieved. That he didn't have to be the only one yeah. who had this memory anymore. That now it's a part of Madrox Prime. Yeah. Which is interesting. It's like the dupe... How can a dupe hold on to a memory like that? Yeah. So, he's... Poor Madrox is having many feelings. As he's flying through the air. And he's like, just take me home. Yeah. And back home, we get Layla taking care of Alex Buchanan. And... Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, you know what's going to help... A big glass of milk. And somehow in the fridge is fake Merlin, Chip the Eldest, and his long-ass beard. And he monologues a little again. Yeah. So you're the reason we've had so much trouble. We thought it was Richter's joining the group, but it was you. We should have been partners. Instead, we've been operating at cross-purposes. And now my earlier selves are dead. Were I not trapped between time, I would be as well. Be wary, Layla Miller. We know each other now. When chaos battles order, a balance is reached. When two chaotic forces battle, expect the unexpected. This is the second time Layla's gotten a warning like this. Like, watch out for me. Quicksilver also told her that. Yeah. A few issues ago, so... But she seemed more nonplussed by Quicksilver. Yeah, she She drops the milk here. Or she keeps pouring. Yeah, she's just frozen in place, and the milk jug is empty because it's all on the floor now, overflowing the cup that she was holding. Yeah. She's been found out by a big bad, which is a different big bad than Quicksilver. Yeah. And that's the end of the issue, the end of the arc. It's so good. Yeah. So, so good. And... (laughs) All the distractions and tangents aside. The... Letters page is actually really insightful. Um, we find out that there wasn't another Civil War tie in issue because Peter David's like, No, I know what happens before when my series is co opted by crossover events. It's at the expense of the actual story that people care about in the long run. You might be able to sell more of that issue that's a tie in, but you're not doing a service to the people who are here to read that title consistently. Yeah. And, like, it's it's a really honest response to a letter that I don't... I haven't really seen that. You don't see that now. You're not hearing anything like that out of the current X office, for example. 
Um, and you only hear like rumors of like, oh, the series is no more. The writer's a little upset, but it's not, they're not going on the record saying, oh, yeah, like in their own letters page, this is what we were doing. This was my master arc. Singularity, it it was this. It was encapsulated. It was not meant to be more than twelve issues. This is part of the plan. Yeah. This first arc was meant to be, it was plotted out like this, and I wasn't going to sacrifice my vision for doing a huge overarching Civil War tie-in. Like, you got what you got for Civil War, and that's it. Yep. It was, yeah. Which was well done. Like, yeah. I think we talked about that too, and with Chad, mm-hmm. of Great Malcolm Lane fame. Yes. That Peter David had threaded that needle of being able to like having to do a civil war thing but also being able to advance his own plot lines. Yeah, like he tossed tossed a few crumbs the civil war way. Right. With the showdown and everything, but and I'll think we'll see overall what matters more from what's been written and it's not going to be the civil war. Well, yeah, cuz in the summary pages it keeps talking about how yeah, the team came out against the registration act. But that hasn't had anything to do... No. And it hasn't been missed, either. No. Like, we certainly don't need it. Nope. So, good job, Peter David. Yeah. That's awesome. So that was a really great insight, and... There it's... was a... There's a few letters of people gushing up about it, which is awesome. Yes. we are also gushing about it. There's also a letter of, like, the nitty-gritty details about how Madrox's power works. Yes. And it's it's a hoot. Because Peter David starts his response with like, oh, Anne, hi, it's uh, you again. <laughs> I see. With another darn good question. Yep, that's a really, really good question. And I'd be happy to answer it, but oops, oh, out of time. Out of space on the letters page. Okay, bye, read the next issue. Yeah. And this next upcoming issue has been pumped up in consecutive letters pages. I can say that because last letters page was a repeat of the previous one. It's so true. like, um... We know that coming up in issue 13, we're going to get to know the team better. Like, we're going to get exposition. A lot of exposition. And inter-character relationship building. Yes. So which we love. Yes. So, um, he made space for himself, and he's really pumping it up. Like, you gotta read this issue. Like, next issue is essential reading. Yes. So I'm really excited for us to cover it. It'll be good. Yeah. Because we get Doc Samson in. As their psychiatrist. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Which I don't know who that is, but it was still awesome. He's mainly a Hulk. He's a Hulk? A Hulk person. Like a Hulk character in that comic. Like Doc Samson is from the Hulk world. Just like J. Jonah Jameson is typically a Spider-Man person. Oh. Doc Samson is a Hulk person. I get it. Yes. Not necessarily like becomes a Hulk. Right. But in the Hulk universe. Yes. Got it. All right, so thanks everyone for joining us. Make sure to hit us up, Instagram, X Factor Files Podcast. Let us know your thoughts and feelings. Yeah, we're excited. Um, and let us know how you think of like this first 12 issues, this first year of yeah. X Factor Investigations. Did it meet your expectations? Did it exceed them? Do you want more? And if so, what do you want more of? Yeah. All right, we will catch you next time. See you, everyone. Be safe. Bye. Bye.